Hey guys, this is Sid with WKNC, your favorite student-run station at NCSU. We are here today with... Finesse the Phantom, the one and only. Cash Paradox. Awesome, yeah. It's been really uh, awesome getting to know more people from this label, and I've been a huge fan of your music for the last year now, so I'm really curious to hear like all the different like factors going in that make this music possible. Yeah, awesome. So, First, I kind of want to highlight and congratulate you on like performing at Pac Howl. What was that experience like? I mean, headlining for Waka Flocka is insane, and then like kind of seeing the videos where you're just tapping into that raw aggression in the music was perfect. So I was just curious how, like, what did that feel like to you? Yeah, no, that was just definitely a surreal experience to say the least. Uh, I remember when uh, Joey first let us know, like, oh yeah, we're we're opening for Waka. This is happening. Like just the whole thought process of like like this is happening like it was <laughs> um and it just it kind of just it instilled the the stuff that I've been saying for the past you know year and a half two years that I've been working on music you know like this is what's going to happen this is the trajectory that I'm heading on and you know we we all know that we're we got it that we have the talent the etc cetera, etc cetera, but to see moments like that where it actually comes into fruition and we actually like, I don't know, we have the proof in the pudding. It, it's so crazy. And then just out there with the crowd, like even though majority of them probably didn't know the songs or the lyrics, they still gave crazy energy. They, they still showed like they really messed with us. And just that alone is just like the energy is something you cannot replace ever. Oh, that's perfect. That's great to hear. It definitely felt like, did it feel like kind of like a level up, like from like your usual venues oh, or like? Definitely. Cause I, I, I will say that that was my personal, like biggest crowd yet. Like, cause we had, um, on average, we probably do like maybe 200, 150 on a, an average show. So like seeing a thousand people just whew, lined up like that, I was like, oh wow, now this is a completely different experience. It, it, it almost like, a removed less anxiety seeing more people because it was like oh i got a bigger show to put on like <laughs> it was just crazy experience that's awesome yeah just kind of like seeing the videos and you were like getting all these really great chants going on like <laughs> that was like perfect like you were definitely like it felt like you were kind of like a natural up there yeah i will yeah. say with uh performing and just being on stage in general that is when i feel the most confident and i feel like i can let my artistic expression shine the most like Cause I don't know, just being up there, it is such like a freeing feeling. Like, <laughs> I don't know, knowing that all attention is on you, all the energy is compressed towards you. And you know, it's kind of just like, I got a whole room of people to entertain, like might as well just go all out. Like that is where I just let everything fly. And <laughs> I will say it was extremely funny. Cause afterwards, uh, there was a lot of people coming up and being like, oh, can we get a picture, blah, blah, blah. Like saying how much they loved the set. And I was like, oh my goodness, I've never <laughs> experienced something like this before. But that all just really, like, it's it's what we work for, man. Like, just moments like that, just to be like, yeah, we did that. Like, that happened. Yeah, even from, like, an exposure setting, like, even if, like, you kind of mentioned, like, some people may not completely know the set, but, like, now they're going to look it up. They're going to research mm -hmm. it. It's a great, like, great way to, like, put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. and, like, yeah, that's great to hear. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Yeah, blessings. Course, blessings. <laughs> and now kind of like to introduce yourself to people who may not know you. Like, of course. how would, and this can go to both of you, like, how would you pitch yourself to someone who has never heard of you? Uh, I'll go first, but <laughs> I don't like to give myself a genre. At the end of the day, uh, a lot of my music is very uh, hip-hop uh, themed and centric, but at the end of the day, we're trying to break those borders. We're just artists, so we're just like, if this sounds nice, we're just going to throw it on it. And I don't know, it feels like the more uh, genres people try to label themselves in as, oh, I'm indie, I'm a, a trap rapper, I'm a this, that, and the third. Like, it's it almost just, it's giving you less and less art to work with. So, for example, like, we have an upcoming EP, and it's, like, trap metal inspired with, like, tones of really heavy, distorted uh, rock vibes, but yet with very rap flows. And, like, it, it's just the fusion of all these different artistic avenues is the funnest stuff in music to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I guess I'd say like, like Finesse said, like, I don't have, I don't box myself into one genre. I kind of just do anything I get my hands on. Like, yeah. as of most recently, I started doing like Afrobeat music oh and goodness. like, they got me, this man got me into like the raging stuff, <laughs> like everything. Like ever since I'm at 47 in July, like I've just been tapping into a whole different like 
mindset, like different genres, everything. So yeah, I wouldn't box myself in. If someone asked me who I am, I'm just everybody, everybody at once. That's perfect. <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. Everything everywhere all at once. That's a great way to describe yourself. And kind of like seeing like the different people on the label, like even getting to t- talk to Saturnalis like a few weeks ago. Like love him. Like, <laughs> uh, he didn't like. But he also doesn't like boxing himself in. Mm-hmm. I think you can really get that from the music. And I could really get the sense from like listening to your music and kind of going through the discog. So kind of like the way I want to kind of structure this interview is to like kind of go through the discog a little bit. Of course. Of and, course. Like, so I kind of want to go to your uh, album, I would say. Album, yeah, debut uh, album. Debut album that came out last year. And it's called The Carnival. And there's a lot to take away from there. <laughs> but I think one of the main things, and I think I really got that from the first two tracks, was would you say like florida and its hip-hop sound have like a huge effect, uh, like huge effect on you because i could really get that sense from the way you were dropping bars but like the aesthetic around it that's crazy you yeah. say that um i'm actually a florida native yeah. so it's so mind-blowing that you put those pieces together and florida really does like within these past few years with artists like uh x puya fat nick etc cetera, etc cetera, like it's garnished its own sound and so like that is definitely just the stuff that I listen to. So now that I got to a point where, oh, I can make my own stuff, of course, I had to show homage. And, like, it is all subconsciously. Like, it's not like I'm going into a track and it's like, I'm going to make this sound Florida. <laughs> but it's like, at the end of the day, like, I'm still legit. Like, that's still, like, in my subconscious. So, yeah, no, it definitely, the inspiration's there. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and then, like, it definitely, like, it sounded very organic to you. But at the same time, like, you were hitting all those, like, right beats, like, to make it. Awesome. Come because Florida rap's an easy key to my heart. So. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's a beautiful genre, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, how long did you live in, like, Florida for? Um, So, for the first, I'd say about uh, 10, 11 years of my life. And then uh, my family uh, runs uh, uh, Italian restaurants. So, I've essentially just moved, like, every two, three years of my life. So, I moved around a lot in Florida, different spots like uh, Oviedo, uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then we moved up uh, here when I was about... 12-ish, 11-ish, and I'd stayed over near the mountains on the west coast of uh, North Carolina, Asheville, for a few years. It's where I really, like, garnished a lot of, uh, I guess, my uh, demographic and fan base now, and then moving over here, I think, what was it, but maybe, like, two, three years ago, I moved over to a Greensboro area, and then with Joey Zen going to state, it was just, like, I felt so invited by North Carolina just being there within a few years because I, I really do rep North Carolina the most. Like, I, I consider myself a North Carolina artist, even though I'm from Florida. No, I mean, like, so would you kind of say that, like, you got in touch with Florida kind of after you left almost, like, in a weird way? In a weird extent, yeah, because especially, like, when I'm, I remember when I moved up here, that was uh, right when, like, X had just been uh, emerging from the underground scene, and that is one of, like, my favorite artists. So, like seeing uh songs like look at me and i'm sipping tea like seeing those blow up as i come over here was almost like i brought a piece of florida with me so it was like i see all these people uh you know they start like realizing oh there there's this guy blase blah and it's like oh i've been on him like he's from the same same part of florida as me like it was just it was a very uh i don't know what's the word i'm looking for but just a very nice feeling of just like oh i got a little piece of home with me so i guess you could say yeah yeah that's awesome yeah i definitely feel the same way with a lot of like the places i've been in the past so like Mm -hmm. i definitely can relate to that a lot Mm -hmm. so then kind of also going back into the carnival uh one of the biggest juxtapositions is definitely the cover art because it's Mm -hmm. very like it evokes like a sense of peace almost (laughs) it's very vibrant but then you listen to the album and like first track you're like oh my god yeah was that kind of like an intentional choice or did you kind of like what were you trying to like channel in there um with the carnival so with the cover art specifically that's made by uh another 47 member austin sellers shout out shout out and he kind of he makes all my cover arts and i let him kind of just creatively direct that and go crazy so at first it didn't necessarily start with that intent or that vision like you know premeditated but i've noticed this with a lot of art afterwards you kind of put the pieces together like after you get out of that uh, that flow, that Zen state of just making, then you realize afterwards and you analyze it and you're like, oh, nah, there is a lot here. Because with the carnival, the I was essentially just trying to make a metaphor with life like and the balance between making your own life heaven or hell. That's why with the first track, it's Dancing with the Devil and with the final, it's God Sent because that's kind of like my own balance of life can be heaven or hell. It's really just all up to you on what what you want to make it so yeah it, it definitely yeah <laughs> it's really creative and i can definitely get the sense from that i think what's even more like crazy about it is like you do it in like very like 
I wouldn't say limited, but like very like cho- like selectively chosen tracks. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's all killer, no filler almost. So like I like that. Like that's <laughs> and I got that sense from it, especially as once we reached the ending track, I was like, oh, this kind of like comes to like a nice arc. That felt nice. Yeah, one hundred and ten percent. It it definitely was supposed to be a roller coaster of emotions, you know, with the anger, with the calmness, with the happiness, the sadness, because that's life. You know, you face the waves, you got to ride the waves. It is a roller coaster of emotions. So like. Sorry, I was losing where I was going there. But (laughs) essentially, it just was a completely different mindset. Like, all those are YouTube beats. So, like, now that I have Mr. Cash Paradox and producers like that is a completely different mindset. But with those, like, YouTube beats and when I was first starting out, it was almost like, I don't know, it it felt more uh, personal in a way because it was just me, my headphones, and this little YouTube beat that I found. And it, it... it it, it uh, led to me just being way more vulnerable, being way more, I guess, raw with the sound. And I that's how we came up with the carnival. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, no, I definitely got that sense from the album. And I think mm-hmm. like I didn't actually like, think about it until you like, told me in that moment. I was like, wait a minute. Like, kind of was in the back of my head. Yeah, no, the, the pieces are there. <laughs> so and then like also another thing kind of going back to like the stylistic shifts, like mm-hmm. you, like how do you apply like a different pen game per like rap style? Like what is like the mindset you bring in when you're hitting something like dance like dance with the devil versus something like flawless or like introspective like dreamer? Like Yeah. Um, what's that like process like? A lot of it really does have to deal with the feeling you get from the instrumental and the message you're trying to convey. So with the Dancing with the Devil instrumental, it's a very up, very, you can sense the anger without any lyrics having to be put down there. So it was like, okay, that's the mindset, the feelings, the energy that I'm getting from this. So I'm just going to try my best to, you know, kind of harness this energy, you know, like with creative stuff, I kind of just look at us as like vessels. And majority of the time, I, you know, when people are like, oh my God, that was so good. I'm like, I that was something higher than me. I didn't even write that. <laughs> I'm just the vessel that put the pen to paper. So with something like uh, with juxtaposition, juxtaposition from Dreamer to something like Dancing with the Devil, it is very different mindsets, very different emotions. But at the same time, it's not like I have to consciously switch anything up. It's just, oh, this is the feeling I'm getting. These are the thoughts that are flowing. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's nothing really forced or anything like that. And I think, like, just not, like, trying to force yourself, like, that kind of, like, curves the, like, the writer's block a lot of people mm-hmm. do because sometimes they feel pressured to, like, follow themselves up. So it's kind of good that you view yourself as a vessel. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a very healthy way to look at it. Oh, 100%. And sometimes even the diversity can, in a sense, feel like the burn with that writer's block because it, it's almost like you have so many options to choose from. It's like, so where do I go? Like, I'll I, I, I'll try to make a song, and it's like... I. I made a song that sounds just like this last week. I want to do something completely different. And then when you do something completely different, it's like, well, that didn't sound like how I wanted it to. It's just a whole process nonetheless. And I've just, this whole uh, journey I've I've taken has just kind of been to learn, to trust the process and learn that it's going to be straight no matter what. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to look at it. And then like kind of also like directing to you, like is that kind of how you see like the way you produce? Like is that the way like like kind of just letting it flow through you being a vessel or do you have like a different mindset to it? I kind of just let it flow through me. Like, whenever I'm producing, I kind of just, like, find whatever I like. Kind of, I don't have a vision whenever I go into it. I just, like, find whatever I like and then just start making something around it. And if they like it, then they use it. If not, we move on. But, yeah, like, I just yeah, I let the creativity flow through me, like, on the spot. That's perfect. Man. That's great to yeah. hear, yeah. Um, kind of, Like, I think, like, having a creative process where you're basically just trusting yourself is, like, scary. Like, I think that's genuinely very scary, yeah. especially when, like, you're trying to, come up or you're trying to like follow up like something that you may think is like your magnum opus mm-hmm. but like it's like that so it's good i'm really like glad to hear that like you guys have kind of like cracked it a little bit like you yeah. kind of like figured your way around yeah and with that um you you will never kind of lose the fear when it comes to creativity because it, it's almost like the more you try the less good it sounds in that way so it's almost like the more experimental you try to get and the more you're like i've never heard something like this the more inclined you are to get that, uh, you know, that negative backlash, those people being like, this sounds garbage. What are you doing? Like, so, of course, there is always that fear and anxiety of will people like this? But I think at the end of the day, as long as like if you can listen to it and be like, I like this, I mean, somebody else out there will. Because I feel like a lot of people nowadays, they try to um, 
like garner to a specific sound, a, a specific fan base in a, in a sense where it's like they want to sound like something instead of just doing what feels natural to them and just trying to pave their own little way. It's it's crazy. It's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then kind of also moving into like that creative process, like what are like your recording sessions like? What are your producing <laughs> sessions like? What like what is like the feelings you try to evoke and is it like do you try to make it specific or do you kind of just like also like apply the way you do with like your creative process? With oh goodness, the sessions are okay, so with the collaborative sessions it it always just feels like friends hanging out. Because at the end of the day, when you're making a collaborative piece, and I've learned this a lot just being in 47 and having all these collective mates with me to make music with, the chemistry is the most important thing. You know, you're in a room full of talented people already, but if you guys don't mesh well together, that talent is pointless. So at the end of the day, we can spend, you know, three, four hours just playing around with some sounds, freestyling, blah, 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 and then 30, 45 minutes of actual, all right, let's sit down, let's focus. Like, you, you can get so lost in just how fun and great the energy is that, like, sometimes you forget, oh, yeah, we just made, like, how many songs tonight? Like, that, you, you just get so lost in the moment, so lost in the vibe that it's just, it's a, it's a feeling you can't replace. Oh, what about funny. you? Literally feels, yeah, like he said, like just hanging out with friends, just having a good time, really, because the more serious you take it, like the more you go into a session, you're like, all right, we have to make this song, like we have to do this. Like it's just never going to turn out good because yeah, it's just a forced, forced action, like just forced creativity. Whereas like if you guys hang out for a bit, just chill before you before the session and like gather up some creativity, watch some YouTube videos or like listen to some music before we do that, then everything works out so much better. Yeah. So, like, what are, like, some of the things you guys use to, like, for, like, promote that creativity naturally? Like, what videos do you guys watch? Like, what songs do you guys pick? Like, um, Honestly, a lot of the times it will just spawn out of boredom and just being like, you guys want to go cook? But sometimes it will be, oh, we're watching um, a documentary about the history of music. And then we'll be like, damn. I'm really inspired right now. Or we'll watch an interview, a uh, performance, blah, blah, blah. And you get that spontaneous inspiration right there. And we're all just have that consensus of like, yeah, uh-huh, we need to be there. Like, But yeah, it, it, it feels very just spontaneous, very natural. I don't know. Yeah, it comes out of the middle of nowhere, really, because especially for me, like, I don't, like, it's only certain times where, like, we actually get our creativity off something else. I said that, but, like, at the same time, like, most of the time, like, my creativity kind of comes from, like, outside influences sometimes. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. for example, like, I go to play soccer, and, like, I'm feeling refreshed. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to make a beat. Yeah. Or, like, play basketball. Like, just anything that, like, physical activity is one of the things that really gets me going when it comes to music. Mm -hmm. So, nice. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, really great to hear. Like, I never really thought about, like, soccer. So, like, I always thought about it as, like, a stress relief. But, like, kind of, like, promoting the creativity, it's, like, really great to hear, yeah. Yeah, it kind of just, like, gets you up like awake kind of if that makes sense gotta just clear your mind before you clear the body or vice Same. versa <laughs> that's perfect yeah and so like also like kind of moving into this like what is it like like recording with these features like do you like do they send in their verses or do they do they do you like to come have them like kind of come into the studio and like record next to you so you guys can like work off a of vibe i know you kind of mentioned that it's like a bunch of friends recording mm -hmm. but like kind of expand on that like what is that like for you um honestly Personally, it feels like 80% of the things we make are very uh, natural in the moment. Like, you, you kind of have to be there to, you know, experience it, which sometimes sucks because sometimes you'll hear a crazy song. You'll be like, oh, let me get on that. And you're like, sorry, you weren't there. <laughs> and Joey Zen actually has helped, like, instill that a lot of just in the moment, you know, in the energy, like, just harnessing what's going on in the moment. Like he has helped like promote that a lot, but there is of course that 20% where it's like, you just hear a beat and it's like, yo, send me that. I'll have a verse ready by however long. Like there, there will be those certain moments, but majority of the time it very much so is just whoever's there is cooking up. And cause it, cause it is just at the end of the day, a bunch of friends hanging out and we all just so happen to make music. <laughs> so it's just like, all right, let's all find something that let's all find our little avenue that we know we can do. You'll have one person playing with the instrumentals, one person in the doll kind of, uh, structuring everything, two, three people just on their phones writing, freestyling. And 
that's just our fun, honestly. That's perfect, yeah. And, like, th- I think that's a great way to go about it, especially because it's, like, everyone gets the flow of the song. I like that it's, like, you kind of had to be there kind of thing. It makes it feel very exclusive. Very nice. Oh, definitely. Now, there's been one or two songs where I've been, like, oh, I, 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 can, I can get a verse on that. I can do that. But you just can't. <laughs> it's just not going to be the same if you were there versus. It's it's yeah it's a it's a different energy, man. It, and it, it it honestly did take a second for my ego to let that kick in because that first time where it was like I wanted to be on that song, and it almost like makes you strive harder for the next session because it's like oh, okay, I didn't get to be on that one. The next one we cook up, I'm gonna be the best one on that song. It's yeah. it's all friendly competition, honestly, man. It's so great. That's the best way to go about it. I love it. Love to hear it. And then. Kind of, uh, I kind of want to go into like Yahweh a little bit. That's a very, that's a song that really stuck out to me. There's almost like this grand nature to it. Like it's almost yeah. like, like it matches the title <laughs> perfectly. And so, and, but like that is like something, especially when we get into Phantoms versus Reapers, like you definitely go back to that sound a lot. But it's like, do you like tapping into that grand sound? Like do you like aim to go grand? Oh, kind of epic. <laughs> I, I will say, uh, my favorite album of all time is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and the sounds on that it feels i i love i guess the subgenre i could call it is rap opera where it feels so grand it feels like very cinematic but at the end of the day it's just bars <laughs> that is a beautiful sound and i think you can convey a lot of poetry on that because it just feels like you're you're listening to a movie you know like it feels like you're getting immersed into this epic symphony and yeah no th- that is one subgenre i can always lean back to yeah that's that's perfect yeah like i think that that if there's any album that encapsulates that it's that one like you literally start with a story that says once upon a time <laughs> that's li- it literally ends like that and then it ends with like a nice can we get much higher <laughs> like literally it's perfect like i love it it's like that is the perfect like i love albums that tell stories like do you no, think like 100%. that's something you're gonna explore like further on like you want to incorporate narratives in there oh 110 percent i just love taking a a concept and really running with it like like i said with the carnival i mean that was my first little taste of putting a cohesive uh project together with all these songs and once i realized like oh i can go very deep with this by being extremely vague (laughs) because it feels like i mean art is all just interpretation so i can honestly make something extremely vague have no substance or conscious behind it, but somebody out there will put some deep meaning to it. So just hearing all the different interpretations of that, I would love to create that feeling even more. Like, for example, this uh, upcoming EP that me and Cash have, it it does kind of take a, a concept in a way. Uh, so it's kind of loose back to the question of, do you guys watch anything to get inspired? There was uh, It was my birthday and I was watching Death Note and we cooked up that Rager thing and that just spawned a rabbit hole of just the sound I wanted to go for and the theme that I wanted to go with, uh, essentially battling my fear of mortality and really uh, instilling the, the idea of everything is going to be okay. You know, don't ever worry about your time. Like when it comes, it comes, but you just know you're okay today and you're going to live to see tomorrow. Doing that within just screaming, like it, it's it's a different really different feeling and a really different process so yes i love concepts i'm going to be going into them so much more oh, that's in the future. perfect i think like the concept albums definitely i wouldn't say dying out but you don't see it too often these days you yeah, know it just feels like a like a mixtape bunch of songs that yeah. they made and it's just like all right here you go oh, that's <laughs> what i'm saying like and then like you'll like once in a while you come across like a great narrative like forever mm-hmm. story or something along those lines and it's just like fantastic mm-hmm. so like kind of going into like this narrative idea when you were working alongside uh when you were working alongside uh, Finesse the Phantom, like, for this mixtape, like, did you work on, like, escalating it, kind of, like, telling a co- whole story, or did, like, you kind of, like, pace every beat out and then see if you can, like, make a connective tissue? Like, what was the... Yeah, kind of just, like, so I see, see if we can connect it. So, basically, the f- the way this happened was, so, yeah, we made we made this song called Mayday. Uh, it was me, Joey, Zen, and Kata. And um, after that, like, Cause that was my first time ever making a beat like that, like a trap metal beat. So I went into it and he hopped on, they all hopped on and I was just like, all right, this is fire. So from there, I just, he asked me like, yo, you want to do a four pack? And I was just like, yeah, sure. Why not? Cause I wanted to try, I just wanted to see like how deep into this trap metal stuff I could go. Yeah. So 
we ended up just like make well here's the thing like i would sit down i'd make a beat if he liked it we'd just hop on it and like based off that we just did that like five times and then the five songs came together yeah no it really did work out a little too perfect <laughs> that's perfect yeah like sometimes it just happens to fit really well i'm glad like you could just like kind of like just found yourselves like as a good collaboration duo oh no 110 percent. like i said i mean my first project was like youtube beats so to be able to have a producer convey those type of you know feelings that i want to convey in an instrumental like that is a crazy feeling that i'm just now realizing is a normal <laughs> like it it's I don't know. I, I will say it feels like I my music has elevated ever just so much since like uh, collaborating with him, people like uh, Willie Do, JRC, other members in 47. Like it just it, it drives you to be better. One hundred and ten percent. Awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. Like I'm really ex- like interested in this EP. Like I'm really curious because like trap metal is like the most unexpected genre to come out in the last few years. I will say that much. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, just hearing, like, new takes on it and interesting spins on it and kind of taking this introspective take on trap metals, mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see what that's like. It, it is a very interesting subgenre, a very interesting sound. I mean, there's one track on there uh, that we have with Cutta where he mixes, like, the funk side of trap metal that you would get from, like, uh, 3-6 Mafia, Suicide Boys. But then there's a beat switch where it has, like, uk drill drums in the back it's like it's it's i i remember hearing it i was like you mixed funk trap metal and drill into a song i've never heard that like it it was just one of those moments where it just took me back and i was like oh this stuff is possible you can still make new stuff like it's it's a crazy feeling so big brain wow i'm really curious now i'm very very curious (laughs) we'll we'll show you a song after this we got you And so, kind of like before we move into Phantoms versus Reapers, I do have like a few like individual questions for you. Yeah, of course. So, kind of like what exactly about producing like did you really connect? Like, what was like the baseline, interesting thing that really caught you? All right. So here's the story. <laughs> so, um, my first. So like when I first ever made a beat, it was like for a school project in eighth grade. So basically, we were like supposed to make a rap song about current events, and um. Everyone was using YouTube beats, but I was just like, nah, I'm producing my own beat. So I made, I got on GarageBand. made He's like different. This, <laughs> I made, like, this dance beat, and I just rapped on it. And, like, after I got 100 on that, I was like, all right. I hadn't produced for, like, maybe two, three years after that, but then I hopped on FL Studio, and then I got into that. And 2018, I just started getting into it more and more. And the reason I really got into it was because, like, I had the music background. I've been playing the violin since I was six. So, like, I had the music theory. I knew what to do, like, what drums should sound like. Like, I didn't have any, like, but here's the thing. I didn't really have much experience listening to much, like, popular music. But just based off what I knew, what I've heard, I was just like, all right, I'm going to go into it and see what I can do. So, yeah, that's basically how I got into producing. That's perfect. And after that, I just kept building, and here I am. Yeah, you just got to get that ball rolling, and the next thing you know, it can be something as unexpected as a school project about current events. Yeah, literally. That's awesome, yeah. That's did, you, did you get an A-plus on that project? I got 100. That's hey, okay. As you should. <laughs> we love to see it. We love to see it. And kind of also another question that I had was, like, what is, like, you talked about, like, not having many references when you first started, but, like, kind of, like, going in, like, now you're, t- you're telling me you've experimented with, like, Afro beats, trap metal. Like, what are your, some, like, Prime producer inspirations. Like, who are your, like, foundational texts? Metro Boomin. Mm, <laughs> Metro Boomin make it boom. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, the reason I use FL Studio is because of him. Like, before, when I first started listening to rap music around the age of, like, 15, 16, I was listening to Metro Beats, yeah. like, Southside Beats, all of that. So I was just kind of, those are kind of my inspirations. Like, I don't make much, like, I, may, I still make trap, obviously, but, like, I make everything now. So, like, I'm they're not fully my inspirations anymore, but... As like as of like the beginning of my career, like coming up in Metro Southside, like even my homies. <laughs> That's so. awesome. Yeah, no, th- it's crazy. Like how much like those two in particular, along with Eight Hundred Eight Mafia, like it just produced so many songs from like our middle school, high school. Oh, what they, like yeah, they're, they're the new like, age Pharrell. <laughs> and, then, and then you got Pharrell, and then you got like people like like Pete Rock, and you're like going, you're going all the way back. But like those are like the foundational texts for us, like our generation. Mm. Those are us. So it's yeah. great to hear that, like, they're kind of already paving a way for new Literally. people. And, like, you're already using them as your own. Like, they're, like, the pioneers of this. Yeah. Stuff. 
That's awesome. Definitely. And then also, like, what are some songs, and you can kind of, like, describe them because if you don't have them, like, out or anything, but, like, what are some songs that you produce that you think encapsulate, like, your best work? Or, like, and you can kind of describe them or give us, like, a point of reference. I consider my best work to be stuff I play the violin on. Yeah. So, for example, I have a song called 6 a.m. in Brighton with this UK artist, R.D., and that was, like, my first song that I had, like, in a different country. But basically, I, like, I'd send out some, like, samples of me playing the violin, and they just used it on a beat, and then it got placed with this guy. So I'd say that's one of my best pieces, like, just my U.K. stuff in general, U.K., Italy, like, all the international stuff I really like a lot. Um, as far as, like, music I've made with these guys, I'd say, like, this is a song that me and Joey Zen have called Won't Be Sold. Um, crazy song. Uh, we've it was, it was a great experience working on that. And, like, that's probably, like, yeah, one of my favorite rap songs I've made. And, of course, this EP I have with him, like, I tapped into a whole new, like, a whole new genre, basically, that I'd, like, not, I wasn't used to. So probably that, too. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, no, like, yeah. I'm really curious to hear, like, I definitely want to go back and start listening to this UK stuff, like, because the things they be sampling in these songs, like, even, yeah, like, in a more different. mainstream aspect, it's, like, so insane. And, mm -hmm. like, sometimes it is memeable, but most <laughs> of the time it's, like, genuinely inspired. Like, it's genuinely yeah. so inspired. And, like, the fact that you're tapping into that and, you're, and like, violins, like, especially in rap songs, perfect. Yeah, literally. Yeah, li literally. perfect. So I'm so curious. I definitely want to go and check these out now. For sure, for sure. For sure. And now, kind of moving into Phantoms versus Reapers, because i got a lot of questions about these. So, and this, like, an interesting thing here that I noticed, kind of going directly from the carnival into Phantoms versus Reapers, is there's almost, like, a handoff of you and Nikias, like, from the last track, and then you guys kind of move into this EP. <laughs> so, like, what was, like, you guys have great chemistry. So, like, what was, like, the process of recording, like, a full project with him? Like, what was that like? Oh, man. Well, first off, that was one of the first, like, music friends that, like, even before we had made a collaboration, I was a fan. Like, genuinely, I was like, oh, his music is different. And then I, 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 I kind of just pieced the puzzle together that he, he was the last song on the carnival. And then we had our collab tape coming up next because it was so spontaneous. Like, the rest of these things are. I think one day he just posted on his Instagram story. He was like... I'm trying to collab with more people who are trying to do a collab tape. And then I was like, well, if you're just offering them, I mean, <laughs> what's up? Yeah, literally. And then, like, that whole tape, we just knocked out in one studio session. just, And none of it is, like, uh, mixed or mastered either. It's just the straight, like, studio demos. So it, like, adds just that even more of just, like, raw, just, like, I don't know, in a sense, like, uh, exactly that, just, like, a demo tape vibe. Because, I don't know, just... I even noticed from God sent, um, like just our chemistry, it, it, it was great. So off rip, I knew that that project was going to be different. And we're both just very diverse rappers to begin with. Like, I don't know, Nikki is, is by far, I've been saying this for the longest, is one of, if not the best rapper I know. So to be able to have a whole collab project with him, that was definitely a full circle moment for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, like, because he really brought something that, like, I was not expecting. And, like, his Always does. I think the delivery is, like, really impeccable. And I think it complements both of you, like, really well. Thank you, man. So, Thank you. That's awesome. And so kind of also kind of, like, going into, like, the roots part, there's a great Detroit tribute <laughs> on here called Vimo Chop. What was the mindset behind that? I think every t every time I, d I hear a Detroit beat, they always sound like they're having the most fun. So did you? Oh, man. What was that like? <laughs> Um, I, I just love the Detroit sound in general, you know, Baby Chan, Rio de Young OG, yeah. all of them, like they're, they're doing their thing. So <laughs> Nikki is also really loves the Detroit sound. Like he, you'll hear it throughout his own discography. Like that is one of his favorite subgenres to go to. So, um, I think actually three, two of the beats on Phantoms versus Reapers, he sent me and that was one of them. And I had never did uh, a Flint type beat before, but I always was like, do that i can float on that and just uh recently 
whenever I started writing that, I think the remix for Paperwork Party had dropped with Jack Harlow and Babyface Ray. And I was like, ah, okay, okay. I can I can glide on this all smooth like. <laughs> and so yeah, no, it was very just a different feeling. And I always want to try with new subgenres. So it was just like that when I was like, I had to. I had to dip my toes in. That's perfect. Yeah, no, I love the, it's always like the most fun listening. I'm a oh, I'm so huge fun, into man. Babyface Ray and like that was my first like real taste of it. So mm-hmm. it's great to hear like just people are like, throw, like, kind of like sending it back. Kind of 100%, like awesome. man. The influence is everywhere. Like, I, I, I had watched this one uh, Pharrell interview with Rick Rubin, and essentially he was saying, like, in the studio, he always tries to harness somebody else's energy, you know, like, try to always direct his energy into, you know, you can't always be in the comfortable, especially as an artist, you're always trying to get in a sense out of that comfort zone because if you're in the comfort zone for too long you're just making boring stuff you know it's it's too easy like there will be times where like cash will pull up a sample and then me and joey will just be there as like quality control just like yeah that one and it you will be like ah too easy (laughs) like we we just know like there's just certain stuff where it's like this is we can easily do this make it sound amazing but it's like it's not different. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel it. like I think like all, bringing that mindset in here, like especially mm-hmm. like at this point, fantastic because like, you want to set man. that precedent for like years to come. Oh, one hundred and ten percent. So that's awesome. Like, and I really relate with that. I think like the fact that Pharrell said that is like indicative of why he's so successful. Oh, one one hundred ten percent. He's a goat. He's a goat. He's one of the goats. Yeah, for sure. And then like you dip into a lot of new sounds. Uh, the second track's name escapes me, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but. That was like very like I love the synths like oh my goodness it sounded so sleek and so it's just like like and you just going from Detroit to that and then you go you could kind of take it back into the boom bap a little bit mm-hmm. like like that's so interesting it's like what was like the intent behind that one too was it also just more riffing more yeah with that one um all of those were like YouTube beats they were just like beats throughout like we had just had in our vault for months just like oh this will be fire. And looking back on it, every single song sounds very different. And the second and fourth track are actually uh, solo tracks. So the second track is just Nikias, and the fourth track is just me. And that second one, I believe, is a Doggy Dog World. And yeah, no, that that's I don't even know what subgenre that would be considered as, but that is just Nikias. That is Nikias's sound, and I loved it so much. Like. You can hear like every single song sounds different and they all touch in a different subgenre and it's amazing. Like I I think just diversity in general has always been one of my strong suits. Like you know, growing up I would have in my headphones uh the, the normal stuff like a Lil Wayne, a Kanye, a Eminem and then I would want to listen to stuff like My Chemical Romance, Black Veil Brides, you know, like Papa Roach and then just to go even deeper into like OG jazz artists like Miles Davis, uh, Duke Ellington, uh, just Nina Simone. Like that diversity helped me so much into making art because like I told you earlier, it just can never put me in a box. I can hear so many things and be like, I can do something with that. So that tape was just kind of an example of that, but with rap. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, no, like here, like, and kind of hearing like you have this huge frame of reference, like you can take so much from that. 110%. totally could like it's awesome that's great to also nina simone has done so much for samples we love her (laughs) but uh kind of uh seeing where it was and you kind of went into this but like uh and this kind of goes into like you guys is like collaborative like environment do you ever like request like a specific type of vibe with your beat or do you just kind of see what's in the vault and see how you flow on it like or is there like a little bit of a mix of the two yeah it honestly feels like a mix of the bag there is some nights where we'll just go into a session i'll be like cash Make me a hyper pop beat <laughs> and like that'll just happen. But a lot of the times it really is just natural in the moment. Um, oh, you guys want to cook? OK, he'll find a sample and then he'll be like, y'all like this? OK, bet. Give me a sec. And then 15 minutes later, we all have our just heads in our phones writing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like and does that kind of like keep you on your toes in like a really good way? Yeah, I'd say so. So, yeah, I basically I just I just go with what the artist wants. Like. Like, I just, as a producer, my job is to, like, facilitate my artist's vision. So I just kind of go with the flow. Like like he said, just pull up stuff, and if they like it, then we go in with it. Oh, that's perfect, yeah. No, that's yeah. great to hear. Like, to hear there's, like, a nice bit mix. You're surprising each other, but at the same time. Always, man, always. So now kind of, like, some general questions. Uh, 
we've kind of talked about like the projects that you're proud of or like the songs you're proud of. But, like what are some of the songs that you've released or maybe even unreleased that you think are like your most like that's your crowning mm-hmm. that's your crown jewel right there. Released um the three pack a journey to realize with me, Joey Zen and JRC, my two cousins, brothers. Oh my goodness. The that three pack of theme song uh true love and talk of the town i think all those songs are perfect and the fact that we like made it within i think it was in a span of like a week and then we had like those three tracks and then like five other more that we just were like not good enough (laughs) like those three i think showed off our energy so well and it's like it is a go-to to to show people like okay this is my music because it's the production quality is very high uh the mastering sounds amazing are lyrically all three of us some of our best works and it's just the sounds all together is crazy but unreleased definitely would have to be this upcoming ep that i have with him like because i always have been a fan of that uh trap metal rage sound i've always wanted to convey that anger in some healthy way and dancing with the devil was like my first little taste of that but again, it was a YouTube beat, and I was that was around the time when I was trying to stray away from that. So to be able to link up with him, and then just hearing that first song, and it was like, oh, you can do this. Well, guess what? I can do this too. So we should do this more. <laughs> and to just see the final um, product of that, it it shocked me even because I was like, oh my goodness, I can do that with my voice. Like I can just give this type of energy to a track it's something like to surprise yourself artistically is definitely one of the greatest achievements you can have as an artist to be like oh shoot i did that that was me nice just tapped into something completely the vessel thing Once yes again, man said, i'm a vessel that's awesome that's great to hear and then like also like also kind of digging even deeper like what are like some specific bars you're like oh my god i wrote that like, that's kind of that's kind of nice oh my goodness i i <laughs> I've been uh trying to make what I like to call a uh, conscious bullshit where mm-hmm. it's like at the end of the day I want there to be truth and meaning to everything but at the same time I understand especially with this generation of music a lot of it's just a vibe a feeling yeah. sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and not focus on how you know deep life can be I enjoy that <laughs> I like deep thinking but off oh, rip let me uh, just a one-liner. I like the bar. Uh, <laughs> it's on Talk of the Town, but I say something along the lines of, um, what was it? I think along the lines of, like, we got demons off angel dust, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I did that. <laughs> but there's one setup that I really have where it was, like, the first time I did, like, a step one, step two type thing, and I say, um, lesson one, take your rose tint, burn it to ash. Lesson two, nothing matters, so go make your damn cash. Lesson three, smoke some green, simply laugh at the past. Lesson four, walk out the door and tell the world, kiss your ass. And that's just essentially, like, that sums up my whole, like, perception on life of just optimistic nihilism and essentially just being like, yeah, all of this is fake and I can be negative in a way and just be like, oh, nothing matters, but I'm going to go out there and find something that matters. Like, I'm not going to live in that ignorance is bliss mindset, like, I'm gonna just go get it, man. <laughs> That's perfect. That's great to hear. And like, also, like, what's really interesting about the optimistic nihilism thing is Saturn really said the exact same thing for when he was applying it to his music. Mm-hmm. So that's like really cool that like you kind of have like that. That's crazy. Line <laughs> yeah. So like that's that's really great to hear. I think like that's especially like that bar. Like I think having like a structured bar like that and keeping like a good rhyme scheme is like really difficult. Oh, rhyme schemes are easily one of the funnest things I like to go with and I've been branching out into that a lot more recently but uh one of my favorite artists of all time is MF Doom and seeing the way he would mix his rhyme schemes and rhyme patterns and how many he could fit within just like four bars always blew my mind and then like there would be other rappers like uh of course like Biggie and then like Earl Sweatshirt where I would see them kind of do the same thing and it's like you can bend your words to make just this it rhyming in itself is just a completely different avenue that I'm still trying to go down. But yeah, no, it's so fun to just make all these different rhymes. Rhyme schemes are so interesting. And like the more you can like stretch it out, like the more when Mm -hmm. you realize like you can like take advantage, like doom is unprecedented. Like things you can rhyme words with is like insane. Like, that man definitely has like a dictionary on him for sure. Oh, he, I feel like he, he was just a walking dictionary. Like, (laughs) 
he he was definitely like that for sure. And then kind of also go like asking you the same similar question to what I was asking Cash. It was like when when did you realize like rapping was your true calling? Like oh my god, like the moment you were like oh okay, I should like take this mm-hmm. a little bit further. Um, I feel like the 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 stones were always in place, you know, like the seeds were always there. Like some of one of my earliest memories is uh, I would be in pre-K kindergarten uh, singing Justin Bieber to all the sixth grade girls. And they would be like, oh, my God. And that, you know, little taste of performing. I didn't even realize this, you know, however many years later that that was one of my first instances of, oh, I really love performing in front of people. Like I, I love just being able to just go out there and let it all out. So like. I'm sorry, repeat the question again. I got lost in it. (laughs) It's just like, when did you realize like that was like, like what was like the key moment? It was honestly a few years ago when I moved to North Carolina, I had felt extremely isolated and it seemed like I had to do something to, to not go down this unhealthy road. Like I, I had to do something and I always loved music. I always had my headphones in and I was always a deep writer. Like I, I would be great with writing stories and even poems that wouldn't rhyme or whatever. Just to be able to convey that thought into writing was always something very deep and personal to me. So once I had reached the age where I, yeah, damn, I actually remember the first uh, instrumental I wrote to was an All Girls Are the Same remix. It was so bad, so horrible, so <laughs> angsty preteen but it was like it was the start of something beautiful because I just kept going and I feel like that is the key to everything is consistency because I could have just heard how bad that first little writing sounded and been like well that was that I'm not good at it but I spent the next few years just keep writing and writing and new opportunities kept going up and I would keep taking them and it just felt like I was progressing so much rapidly. Like, it's just, this is what I was supposed to do. The, A true calling. Yeah, really, man. Like like I said, everything is written in the stones itself. I'm just kind of here observing. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's a great way to look at it. And I think, like, the fact that, like, even just realizing, like, this was, like, I love performing for people mm-hmm. in, like, the most funniest way. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And I can really see that in the way, and the kind of moving into your life performances, like, how, like, how... Is it like tapping into that raw energy of like those songs? Like I saw your Dancing with the Devil video oh where you're goodness. just on there going crazy and you're able to really rile up that crowd. Like like what's that like? Like kind of like tapping into that energy, like matching the song. Um, the best feeling I can relate it to is like a like a drug high. It really being up on that stage and just letting it all go, it's like, whoa. It 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 has given me a new realm of confidence. It has given me a new realm of like determination. Like, cause it, <laughs> there's been multiple performances where after dancing with the devil specifically, after I'm performing that song, I'll just go in the back and just like pass out for a few minutes. <laughs> like specifically at this, uh, walk show. I remember right after I got done performing it, I drilled a bottle of water and just like laid down behind the DJ set and waited for my next performance. And I was like, I'm going to take a breather because I just let it all out. But another thing I tell people when I'm performing is I don't even remember a lot of it. Like to go deeper into that vessel thing, like it really just feels like, all right, I'm up in front of that crowd. There's a switch. You know, it's it's like a game time decision, like a like an MVP going into his uh, game or just something like that where it's like, okay. I'm in a different area, different realm, switch. And it's subconscious, but it always happens. Like, it, it, it never fails. Love to see the confidence. That's fantastic. Well, gotta have confidence because, yeah. I don't know, my confidence in myself has really just kind of infiltrated everything else in my life because there was a point in time where I wasn't this confident and I didn't see myself in this light. And it felt like everything was so much more negative and the world was so much more against me. And now that I have this new perception, new outlook, it feels like the world is in my favor. It feels like, yeah, it feels like the the path is kind of being carved for me. And since I'm trusting it, I kind of get like, get little glimpses of where the path is going. Like I'll never fully know to the extent of where this is going, but I know it's where it's going. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's great to hear. No, and Thank I you, can man. definitely Thank see you. that in the way you're performing. So that's great. That's great to hear. And kind of like, 
talking to you, like, would you ever want to get involved in that live area? Like, would have you ever DJed before, or like, would you ever consider DJing? I've also I've always thought about it. Like, I wanted to DJ. I wanted to like play the violin with a band. I wanted to. I wanted to be an artist at one point. Like a lot of like different ways of performing live has like come up in my head, and I've like not thought of what I want to do just yet. Like DJing seems like the most likely avenue for me, but at the same time, like I'm really interested in like trying before I move to LA in February, just like at least doing one show with the violin, like with my homies, and seeing how that like seeing if I enjoy it really. Yeah, so. this label's the perfect one. I can just see like I could I can honestly see you guys like finding a way to like fit that in. So for I sure. think you should totally pursue that. That sounds fantastic. I'm gonna try. Yeah, for sure. So whip out the the violin for the show on the 16th, just on one of the rager beats, just while I'm screaming. Just <laughs> I was gonna do it for Joey's set. Oh, so that's fire! For context, for listeners, we have a upcoming show for the EP we've been talking about this whole time, um, and it's gonna be in Greensboro, and it's essentially a whole listening experience. Definitely got a lot of influence from Donda because that was like one of the first. Uh, experiences I had went to and yeah we're just turning this into a whole thing so I, I'm glad hearing that because that's also, also one of the times like only times I've heard you say that so it's like that's going to be another instance that's awesome sure. great to hear I'm really excited to see that I'm I really I want to pull up for sure oh you have to you uh, got to <laughs> and then like kind of uh, we're going to wrap this up with a few little like smaller questions but of it's course, like of course. who are some of like your favorite artists I know you mentioned like some Wayne you mentioned some Metro Boomin but like are some more that are like way out there that you think people should know about or like that really influenced you or really in, like impacted the way you feel like just any artist in general oh, man. You see i spent a lot of time listening to like the local artists of raleigh yeah. like just like between the years of like 2020 and 2022 like i was listening to a lot of raleigh music just maybe stuff i produced or stuff like my friends produced or stuff that my friends made in general so a lot of them inspire me like, but at the same time, like, yeah, I'll, like the best answer, the best answer is my friends inspire me. Yeah. Like all the people that I work with inspire me. Oh, awesome. love you too, buddy. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, no, definitely big inspiration. Everyone around me, it's almost like, like I said earlier, with the friendly competition, it drives you to be better because you got so many talented people around you. But I, I guess I can just go with like a top five right now. Number one, like, the artist who is most influential to me, even though I don't support a lot of what he's doing right now, but I'm not even going to get into that rabbit hole, uh, Kanye West, his music has helped my confidence, my perception, and a, a lot of things in so many different ways that, like, I always just got to give kudos where kudos is due. Number two, with X, uh, same kind of perception. Uh, that was one of the first artists I saw who was very conscious, who was very, you know, like, one of the first artists I could relate to in a way. Like, so that was just a completely different thing. And I will always show respect to him. Three, like I mentioned earlier, Doom. I think he's one of, if not the most impressive MCs and poets of all time. Like just everything is completely different. And then, let me try to make these two less pop, um, less uh, rappy. I got to throw in Queen in there because Freddie Mercury is one of my biggest stage presences, like like influences on that, like seeing the way he was so free on stage, like and just how deep all the songs were. It was just that's an influence I got to throw in there. And then <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne, because with the performing again, that just with the influence of just that was one of the first people who I heard like, oh, he bit a bat on stage. All these wild things where you're like, what? Like, people can just do that? And it's like, yeah, he did that. <laughs> it's crazy because it's like, I'm not as well-versed in metal, but, like, just hearing, like, the stage presence is the one thing you'll always, like, 100%. if you ask anybody about, like, an ACDC, Led Zeppelin, mm -hmm. like, Ozzy Osbourne, it's just, like, their stage presence is immaculate. Like, mm -hmm. and it's just raw energy. Like, sometimes there won't even be, a, like, a full, like, set backdrop it'll just be like them just screaming and bringing it oh, and then everyone will reference like that specific time and that specific place like queen's got his like mm -hmm. the live aid concert will always... i was just say everybody knows live aid everybody knows ozzy bit a head off a bat like yeah. those are so iconic yeah, like those are just things like you can like root it back like like that and i think like aspiring to have that hopefully you don't bite any bats on stage but like still <laughs> Like, I, I do not feel like biting any bats on stage, but I will say it's just wild that somebody even had the the guts to do that. I just think energy 
in general. I mean, to go deeper into it, we are all energy. Everything around us is energy. So when you go into something like that with musical energy and the feeling that something like art can give you, being on stage is the best way to convey it because you're just encapsulated into it. You're immersed into it. Your whole body's there. You're giving off everything in you, essentially. So I think that's why we do look back at these artists and we're like, wow, that energy was wild because they just kind of let it all out. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a therapeutic thing, man. Like, I, I, I got to advise everybody, like, if you feel creative or are artistic in any way, shape, or form, but you're just, like, scared to do something or fearful of what the next step may be, don't. Just take the next step and kind of deal with the consequences later because it it has helped me in immeasurable ways. That matches the bars you were telling me earlier, the lessons. <laughs> the lessons are everywhere man gotta yeah. plant some in yeah and then i think for my last question because i i'm shocked i actually haven't covered this yet but just talk about like the collaboration culture in 47 eyes on me like how has that directly impacted you guys like i've heard like so many great things about how it's just a great like culture that like really just is established on like friendship and growing together so like can you, how do you guys like personally feel about that like what exactly really gets like what what is like the crowning part of it that you think is like you're glad to be part of this community i mean first off being in it with two of my uh cousins who i've just grown up with my whole life that in itself like shows like a deeper like this isn't just business this isn't just all you know us all trying to just blow up or whatever like there is that common interest a common goal and like I saw, I said earlier, how chemistry is the most important thing. Like at the end of the day, we're all just friends and we all, you know, hang out with each other. Like after this, we're just going to go hang out at his house and just do whatever. Like it's just to be able to just have that group of people. And it just so happens that they're all so talented. It is motivating, inspiring. Like I've always stated and I will always give respect. I would not be where I am at all without 47. I would not be where I'm at at all without Joey Zen and just everybody in that clique. Like, they have done immeasurable things for my trajectory, my journey, and my career that I can just never repay them for. Like, it's just all love, and that's a family at the end of the day. Oh, to hear it. That's so great to hear. Especially, like, having, like, a like a group of just people that are so like-minded and want to see you succeed. It's hard to find, and the fact that you have that. Oh, man, yeah. And, and you treasure it, perfect. Kind of, can you kind of go into that a little bit? Like, what exactly do you love, like, collaborating in that environment? So, like, yeah, so, like I said, like, just meeting them in general. Like, at first, like, when I first met them, like, I just knew that they were good people. And based off that, I was just like, all right, let's work on music. So we worked on music and, like, just, it's just the way we work together, really. Like, we just have great chemistry inside the studio. Like, chemistry that I haven't seen with any other artists I've worked with. And everything just flows so smoothly. So I just really like how we're able to be on the same page about everything. Mm. And for the most part, like, there's been, I mean, for the all part, there's been no disagreements. None of that. So literally, like, it's just been fun. And collaborating with them has been, like, a pleasure. That's awesome. That's great to hear. I really can't wait to see what you guys got cooking up next. That EP is Definitely at the top of my list. <laughs> Very anticipated. So unfortunately, we got to wrap this up. But oh, man. yeah, just uh, kind, yeah, <laughs> it's been real for real. Like, and it's like uh, kind of it's been really great talking to you guys. So just like plug your socials, like plug any future projects you guys co- got coming. Like, what are the dates looking like? Any concert events? I know you mentioned some earlier. Plug anything. Oh, man. Well, once again, I am the one and only Finesse the Phantom. I'm a part of. Local collective, 47 Eyes on Me, might have heard of us. Uh, <laughs> I have a collaborative tape with this man right next to me, Cash Paradox, coming out in February. It'll be called Shinigami. Um, I have another collaborative tape with a 47 member named uh, Willie Do called Finesse What I Do, coming out sometime next year. And another collaborative tape with my cousin, also another 47 member, JRC, uh, Seeing Ghost at the Movies, coming out next year. And the only upcoming shows I have to mention is, like I mentioned uh, before, there's one December 16th at ETC in Greensboro. It's going to be starting at 7 and ends at 12. We got a, pretty much everybody from 47 popping out there. I got FBE Big John on DJ. Um, 
it's just going to be a crazy night and I'm going to be, we're going to be unveiling the whole EP with a lot of our just classic discography stuff. And overall want to see as many people there possible. And I appreciate you for this experience. This has been my first interview and it's been beautiful to say the least. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. Pass it over to cash. Um, yeah. Cash paradox on all socials, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't have much, like, like I said, I have the EP coming out, but other than that and the show, but, other than that, I'm just working, just trying to see what com- what I can come up with. Like, I'm trying to... Oh, I also do have an EP with my boy Gatesha. Gatesha. It's going to be, like, it's <laughs> going to be, um like, just piano and violin songs. Like, no vocals or anything. It's just going to be, like, mm. little... It's going to be, like, little classical music, basically. Not like instrumental, Johns. Just mm. instrumentals, really, yeah. So, I got that coming out. Of course, like I said, like, I got all these records coming out with 47, and... Yeah, so that's what. Oh I'm yeah, doing. Galactus December thirtieth. Gala- oh, Galactus. look at you! Look at you! Galactus <laughs> December thirtieth. That's gonna be a drop with me, finesse, and Jacob. So JRC, JRC, using the government. Damn, I forgot to say. Yeah, we're on all all platforms too: Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon. Even though you know we don't like Jeff Bezos, but hey, 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 it's all love. We're still there. We love to see it. You guys are some busy guys. I can't wait to listen to hear like and hear what you guys got. This is Sid Ecad with WKNC, your favorite student run station at NCSU, signing off.